Many times we need to keep our health in check, but don't know what questions to ask or where to begin. We walk in blindly to our health care provider and walk out none the wiser and maybe even more confused than before. Can you take charge of your health and arm yourself with the questions and preparedness you need? The answer is yes. Welcome to Occupy Health with Dr. Susan Downs. This program will answer your questions and give you the best practices for facing your medical partner in good health. Now, here's Dr. Susan Downs. Welcome to Occupy Health. This is Dr. Susan. On this show, we give you a lot of information on how to work toward optimal health. We have to take good care of ourselves um, and, above all, avoid things that damage our health. One of the things we've talked about a lot, which is of interest to me, is the effect of Wi-Fi, cell phones, electromagnetic fields. There's been lots and lots of studies in this area. Have you heard of them? For example, Hardell in Sweden's done studies that uh, the amount of either cordless phones or cell phones you use is correlated with acoustic neuromas or um, glioblastoma brain tumors. American Toxicology Study, 20-year study started by the FDA, came up with results that cell phone use is connected to glioblastomas and heart schwannomas, a rare tumor. Suleiman Kaplan in Turkey and Hugh Taylor at Yale did studies that if you put a cell phone near a pregnant abdomen, there's brain damage in the offspring, the hippocampus. Scary. Then there's been studies of men that put their cell phone in their pocket, have damaged sperm and fewer of them, but hey guys, it's cheaper than a vasectomy. And then there's been a lot of studies that the proximity to cell towers is associated with certain health risks. So let's find out more about this. Today we have somebody that has an electrical engineering background as well as medical. So today we have Dr. Carl Marit. He's got degrees in electrical engineering and biomedical engineering at the master's level. He received his medical doctor degree from the University of Toronto. He did a postdoctoral research fellowship at the University of California, San Diego, which included developing all the scientific instrumentation for the successful American research expedition to Mount Everest in 1981. He has served as a captain in the Canadian Armed Forces, doing research at the, as a bioscience officer in the environmental medicine. He's extensively presented on adverse effects of electromagnetic fields, including recently on the challenges of 5G technology. He's a, got specialist training and continues to educate in energy medicine technologies, which he will present at the upcoming conference, uh, WWE. MF Conference 2021.com. Be sure to tune into that, folks, because we'll learn a lot more about this and how to uh, help protect ourselves from it. He practices functional medicine at the Dove Center for Integral Medicine in Aptos, California. For 22 years, he's been the president of the Dove Health Alliance, a nonprofit 503c3 foundation founded in California. So, welcome, Dr. Merritt. It's nice to be with you today. Oh, yes. So we want to learn all about this because you've got the background, like I do, in electrical and in engineering as well as medicine. So tell us some of the background of your education and your understanding in this area. Well, I got involved um, with this uh, a long time ago, um, and I uh, did research in environmental medicine at the Defense and Civil Institute of Environmental Medicine in Canada when I started 
Phil worked uh, with the Canadian military, with the Air Force. Um, but I got especially interested in this work uh, after they started to roll out smart meters, which are now on most people's houses in California, and these are microwave transmitting devices. And then I started to see more and more technology uh, involving first 3G, 4G, 5G uh, more recently. And this is a real problem for most people because they can't sense uh, or feel it or uh, in any way are aware of how much electromagnetic radiation is going into their body, of course, from different devices, um, near-field devices like phones, uh, you know, and then also far-field devices, basically the router in your home that uh, produces Wi-Fi, the uh, various cell towers, and, and so forth. And, and we have to look at these in, in different ways because they have a big effect on the body. But before we get into the details of that, I'd like to share with you just a little background because most people don't even know how an electrical engineer or physicist would look at the electromagnetic spectrum, if that's okay with you. Please do. Yeah, so um, basically all kinds of radiation that is being produced by antennas uh, of whatever kind uh, sends out electrical and magnetic fields uh, that are traveling at the speed of light, and they uh, are basically grouped according to the frequency where they are. Very low frequencies are like your 60-cycle power. That is six cycles a second, so we call it 60 hertz. And there we're mostly worried about magnetic fields uh, in their proximity, and the further you go away from them, like, for example, the little power plugs that you plug into the wall that produce big magnetic fields, or your electric clock where you're sleeping, or other um, things like motors and so on, these produce one, one kind of 60-cycle uh, power. But what we're really talking about today and what you're interested in is when we go up in frequency. So the next area is radio frequency in the AM band, um, and then we go uh, higher frequencies to the uh, frequency modulated or FM band, um, and then we start to get into uh, higher radio waves like uh, uh, these are, in fact, being used uh, right now in, in cell phones, and now we're going into uh, like hundreds of megahertz. Uh, for example, the smart meter operates around 902 to 928 megahertz. Mega means a million cycles a second. And uh, then we get, uh, you know, a 1,000 megahertz is a gigahertz, and that's when we get into your Wi-Fi router at 2.4 gigahertz. It operates at the same frequency as your microwave oven, except it's pulsing all the time, whereas your microwave oven basically just puts out a lot of power, and of course it's shielded. And then uh, we start going now with the newer frequencies um, that are 5G. They're um, going to be using frequencies uh, in, in the 28, 37, 39 gigahertz, although we're starting with more around 3.5 gigahertz, uh, and that's also where your routers operate at 5 gigahertz. So it's uh, at the beginning, it's in those frequency bands, but then we're going higher and higher, up to even 64 to 71 gigahertz. And 
after, at this point, these waves are very, very short. They're called millimeter waves. Millimeter, you know, it's a fraction of an inch, a 25th of an inch. So uh, after that, we get into what's called uh, infrared or heat energy, which is faster than millimeter waves um, or faster than, let's say, uh, microwaves. And after that, we get into what we call uh, light, and light is more uh, problematic when you get into the higher frequencies of light, which are in the blue part of the spectrum, ultraviolet. And now we have what's called ionizing radiation. These rays or these uh, vibrations or these uh, electromagnetic fields have such strong power that they can disrupt bonds and directly cause cancer. They're called ionizing radiation, and that's followed by X-rays that's used in hospitals to send particles of energy through your body to take x-ray photographs and after that we get into gamma rays and cosmic rays but what we're dealing with is the non-ionizing radiation that's below heat that's um, in the uh, radio wave frequencies where your cell phones operate and then going up into the gigahertz frequencies where your computers operate. So I just wanted to give you a sort of a picture of where we're operating. And all of these uh, frequencies are what's called non-thermal. They don't heat up your body. And uh, uh, that's what thermal means. So they're considered to be totally benign in normal technology. Um, aficionados and physicists, they say, can't disrupt bonds. But here's where the problem is. These are now very, very problematic because they cause resonance inside the body because the body has specific uh, areas where at a certain frequency and a certain power level, uh, there are windows that open up, biological windows. It's kind of like a, a door that opens to the cells, and then we start seeing all kinds of problems, and, and it's very important to understand that. Well, that's pretty important because uh, aren't the traditional studies, they use a plastic head and look at the heat effects, and, and so the industry comes out and says there's no problems with these, but you're indicating that the problem, there's more problems beyond just thermal because the traditional studies look at the thermal effects. Is that correct? Yes, and, and they look at what's called specific absorption rate when you use devices like telephones, cordless phones, cell phones, and so on, because they operate close to the antenna. The antenna is built in to the cell phone, and there's usually multiple antennas, like most iPhones have about four different antennas. And uh, we know these cause a problem. For example, women who carry the cell phone in their bra um, have been found to have breast tumors, young women who have no risk factors, right over the four places where the antennas are, on, specifically on their iPhone. So, again, when you're too close to the body, you know, they can uh, put too much energy into the tissues and cause problems. And so it's not a good idea to do that. But even over time, if you use them for long conversations and so on, there's more and more energy being absorbed into the brain. And this is especially problematic for children who have thinner skulls and have brains that are actively 
growing and the cells dividing, so they can be at risk. And I'd like to talk more about that with you today, about the problem I see with especially children who in some countries aren't even given cell phones or by law should not be giving cell phones until they're in their mid-teens and so on, whereas we have tremendous use by children in this country. Wow. Well, the industry keeps saying that it's safe and there's no scientific evidence. Is this like to the tobacco industry, that there's possible problems and they're just trying to confuse and defuse it? I mean, isn't it true that the insurance companies such as Lloyd's of London and the insurance companies in Switzerland won't even insure companies that make cell phones because they know there's problems? Don't the application for patents say that they know it can cause brain cancer? Why is the industry saying these are safe? Well, uh, the industry has a very powerful lobbying group, and it's basically all about economics. Uh, You have to understand that in different countries, they have different guidelines or or safety limits of how much radiation you can have. And in this country, uh, the uh, levels are so high. They were developed originally uh, when they debated this back in the 1960s between Alan Fry, who, who started seeing problems, including you know, how it affected the head and the brain and, and the uh, opening up of what's called the blood-brain barrier, the uh, protective covering around the brain that started to be opened up by these microwaves, whereas Hermann Schwann, who was a German scientist who had come over after the war, basically said, well, we'll use this higher level, 10 milliwatts per uh, square meter, to, to um, allow it to be safe. And, and um, that limit is so much higher. It's at least 100 times higher than in East Bloc countries and Russia and so on. Um, and other places uh, are even much lower. So basically, we have the regulatory agencies like the FCC who are essentially very beholden to the lobbying of the cell phone industry who have not revisited the exposure standards since 1997 when the current standards were adopted. And there's been many attempts by academics and scientists and research scientists who study this and engineers and physicists to say these levels are too high. We should reevaluate these, especially since there's so much more usage of these devices since 1997 when uh, this whole cell tower network was built out. So that's that's one problem. Um, the other thing is they only won't look at all the science that's being done. You'll find that if industry-funded studies look at health effects or issues, then two-thirds of the time they say there's no problem. When you look at independent research, two-thirds of the time they say, look, there really is a problem. You should look at this, you know. And so this is the problem we have today in today's political and economic environment. This is pretty scary because I understand that uh, electromagnetic fields like glyphosate not only can get into the blood-brain barrier, and that opens up when you get all sorts of things in your brain. It opens up the gut barrier, which is, if you listen to a lot of other podcasts here, that is where health starts, and it interferes with intercellular communication, both of them. And it's kind of scary to me that this is so prevalent. Also, I understand in 1996, Congress passed a law, you can't stop placement of a cell tower for health reasons or environmental reasons that's pretty scary to me 
Well, it, it should be. Uh, now, uh, electromagnetic radiation has been classified as a possible carcinogen, a 2B carcinogen, uh, because over long-term, and most cancers develop over long-term exposure, not short-term exposure, and the, uh, the standards we have in place by the FCC are only for short-term exposure, no more than 30 minutes. Well, a lot of people use their phone, for example, much longer than 30 minutes at a time, especially young people, and um, so they're, especially if they put it next to the head rather than wearing a headset, which I'd recommend, so at least the magnetic and electric fields coming off of these phones or other cordless phones and other devices don't directly impact your brain as much. But you're you're absolutely right. I mean, the mechanisms we know about, uh, it causes a lot of oxidative stress, which is uh, called free radical formation, unpaired electrons. These tear apart membranes, uh, especially important in the brain, um, they cause a lot of uh, cognitive and neurobehavioral effects and memory issues. I can't tell you how many people I see who are just complaining of these kind of issues now. Uh, sleep problems because they affect uh, melatonin production, which you need at night to sleep to increase your melatonin. And that already drops off as you get older. Um, you already mentioned, you know, reproductive effects in, in sperm and eggs. Uh, and women, you know, have a fixed number of eggs. Men produce sperm all the time. What do we see in men who carry the phones in their pocket, you know, it has a real effect on their sperm production and there's less fertility as a result. There are certainly documented DNA changes with single and double strand breaks. Um, and uh, so we know the mechanisms and most people don't realize that you have inside your brain uh, magnetite crystals, quite a few of them. They directly absorb uh, microwave radiation. So, you know, that causes then a vibration uh, and this vibration ultimately is a very subtle heat. But uh, with the latest 5G, which we can talk about, which is a little different than the previous generations, uh, G stands for generation 5G, uh, you know, we're using whole new technologies now that basically direct uh, the beam uh, of communication from the cell tower antenna uh, like a laser beam directly to your phone to create better um, signal-to-noise ratio or better contact. But it tracks you as you're moving around, so that beam, instead of being radiated in a spherical pattern, essentially omnidirectionally from the old cell phone uh, towers, um, now it's directly tracking you in order to stay in touch with your phone so the calls don't get dropped. But uh, it's doing it much, much faster, as we said, at higher frequencies and and, and using multiple antennas. And, and so we have a whole new technology that has not been evaluated scientifically at all because all the other studies were done on, you know, 3G and maybe a little bit on 4G phones. We haven't even evaluated this technology that's been the largest technology rollout in the history of the United States. So that's why I'm concerned about it. We should at least study it. 
It sounds like the largest uncontrolled experiment in the world. I understand with 5G, it'll be able to track us even if we're cloistered inside a home. If a beam of light gets in, they'll be able to monitor everything we do. I've heard from researchers that the military has studied which frequencies cause which disease. The listener can look up active denial on YouTube and see what one frequency does. It burns the skin. And I also understand some of these frequencies are so low it resonates with our DNA. And I'm just sitting here thinking, why is the government allowing this to happen? Glyphosate and now upcoming immunizations, which affect the messenger Mm -hmm. RNA and which apparently um, have anti-HCG antibodies. So it won't be able to reproduce. And I mean, it's just like every time I'm worried about one harmful thing that the government thinks is good for us, out comes another well, it's what unfortunately is going on. Um, I mean, the military has a major interest in 5G. Uh, they actually wrote a report you can find under media.defense.gov that I can forward to you. It says the 5G ecosystem risks and opportunities for the Department of Defense. It's from April of last year. And what basically they say in there is that the emergence of 5G technology now commercially available offers the Department of Defense the opportunity to take advantage at minimal cost of the benefits of this system for its own operational requirements. That's a direct quote. And they say that this will play an essential role in hypersonic weapons, missiles, including bearing nuclear warheads, which travel five times the speed of sound, or Mark V. So, you know, they are interested in a communication system that uh, basically the commercial interests uh, put up. Uh, but what we have to understand is that these higher frequencies uh, that are being planned for 5G, and you need these higher frequencies to have this uh, low, what's called low latency, very fast communication between the sender and the receiving antenna. Um, that's why they need this. But these kind of very short wavelengths uh, do not penetrate very well through foliage and other things. And the solution in order to get a hundredfold increase or a thousandfold increase in speed, which is what they're aiming at, is to put antennas everywhere. Every, you know, hundred meters, uh, every block will have multiple antennas. Different carriers have their own antennas. So you're going to see basically the neighborhoods where you sleep, antennas close to your bedroom windows and other things. And this concerns me because um, we already have so much radiation everywhere, and the only way you know about it is to measure it. You know, and you're absolutely right. I mean, it isn't just uh, what's trying to be done from in your local neighborhood where you reside. And I suggest people just should have them in industrial areas or other places where perhaps, um, you know, you take those risks. But to have this invade into your neighborhood is a problem. And in addition, we see... A whole range now, SpaceX is setting up the Starlink Internet satellite system, which is basically producing uh, satellites. They're planning 42,000 satellites in near-Earth orbits. They already have hundreds uh, being launched all the time. So they want to send uh, this radiation in a in a Starlink network, you know, around. And it's causing a real problem even with feather forecasting because at 24 gigahertz it can affect, you know, meteorological uh, observations. So 
the meteorologists are concerned, the uh, astrophysicists are concerned because there's so much light now from electromagnetic radiation that's affecting observations and so forth. So we have a real problem, and we're basically flying blind, as Senator Blumenthal said at the 5G hearings last year. He said, you know, how much has the industry spent on research? And they said, well, we haven't done any. We just assumed it was safe. And he said, basically, so we're flying blind here on health and safety. And this is, you know, a Senate investigation by Senator Blumenthal, you know. So uh, we see a problem here. Uh, some countries, like Belgium, opted out of 5G. They said it's not compatible with their lower radiation standards, um, you know, which are uh, what uh, much lower, say, by a factor of at least 10 or so. And, um, you know, we allow 105 times more power density, uh, so let's say 100 times more than they allow in Belgium, and Belgium thought it was dangerous, you know, so there's a, a real problem here. We, we do now know that uh, in all the review studies on non-thermal radiations, and review studies are studies where you look at multiple studies and then say, well, what, what do they all say collectively? So we have 16 review studies to show that it has effect on fertility and reproduction. We have 25 review studies on neurological and neuropsychiatric effects, 11 review studies on hormonal and endocrine effects, 35 review studies on cancer caused by non-thermal radiation, 17 review studies on oxidative stress, and on and on. So you have to understand these things work on the body because we use uh, also uh, these non-thermal energy uh, medicine uh, approaches for therapeutic uses. For example, uh, in energy medicine, which I'm very familiar with and will be giving a lecture on at this conference you mentioned that I suggest people attend where there's about, uh, you know, 24 doctors all talking about this problem. You know, we know we can use electromagnetic radiation for healing with bones, bone repair that don't uh, heal non-union fractures. Uh, we use it for nerve stimulation, transcranial stimulation. Uh, we use it for wound healing or osteoarthritis. We use it in electroacupuncture and to regenerate tissues and to stimulate the immune system. There's even a lot of uh, research going on now of what's called tumor-treating fields, how we treat cancers in the brain and so on with specific frequencies at specific power levels, you know, in non-thermal fields. They don't heat up the, uh, the brain, but they cause the tumors to shrink. So we know it has an effect on the body. The question is, what are the right frequencies that we should be using? And, you know, when you get at this from quantum physics perspective, there are some studies out now to show that many of the frequency bands that we use are the specific frequencies. If you just shifted them, they would be much more helpful. But until the government is interested and the industry is interested to fund research in this area, it's going to be difficult to get this data that is being collected, you know, right now by independent scientists. You mentioned measuring like EMF. There are meters that we can measure the EMF, but I understand the meters for the 5G technology are way too expensive for 
most of us to have access to. You also mentioned that they have a short distance. Well, what do you respond to the people? Well, these don't transmit very far, so the risk can't be that bad. What do you say to the people that say, well, if it only transmits 800 feet, what are we worried about? As long as it's more than 800 feet. Well, uh, first of all, you know, no, that, that's not true. Uh, they, they do transmit further. I mean, obviously, the further away you go uh, from the source, it drops off at the square of the distance. But when you talk about non-thermal levels, very low levels uh, can have a resonant effect in the body because of these biological windows. And um, and you're right, you can't measure new 5G because they're using frequencies that where the spectrum analyzers or the type of devices you use to measure them uh, are very expensive. Uh, they're not as convenient to measure anymore because they go above, you know, five, six gigahertz and so on when they're coming out. But the thing to recognize is this is already happening right now with 4G. 4G is using, uh, that's the fourth generation or what's called um, long-term evolution, an interesting term, by the way. It's affecting our long-term evolution. But in any case, we, we have um, to, in the future, have new ways to monitor this, and uh, that's going to be expensive, and it isn't what the average person can do very easily. You know, we've, we've known about these things, for for years, when I was in the military, I was educated in microwave radiation. We've known how it affects the blood-brain barrier since the 1970s. We had the military, the U.S. Navy under Zori Glazer, did a whole study that you can find under the whole database under Magda Havis dot com in Canada. She's uh, working to make people aware of this. We've known about uh, cataracts in the eyes being caused by higher radiation levels. But the main thing is that it is a matter of time when the body gets sensitized, and then we get something called electromagnetic hypersensitivity. And these are the people, these are my, you might say are the canary in the coal mines. Um, these are people who really can't live in Silicon Valley anymore or who can't uh, be in high EMF environments. They suffer from fatigue, headaches, depression, memory loss, skin problems, irritability sleep disturbances, you know, difficulty concentrating, visual and hearing disruptions, cardiovascular problems, and on and on, and dizziness. So, you know, we see exactly the same thing when we looked at people who live in proximity to cell towers. They, uh, The closer they are, the more they have fatigue and headaches and difficulty concentrating and memory loss and so on. So there's a direct effect, and it's a matter of, of the resonance that people People have so you know when people ask me, well, how come this happens? Uh, they have to say, okay, the people who develop electrical hypersensitivity are people have often had either some concussion to the nervous system that opens up the blood-brain barrier, uh, like a motor vehicle accident or something like that, or they have chemical toxicity, meaning you know mercury or pesticides or or uh, drug residues and, and uh, vaccination residues in their body and so on or they have excessive prolonged exposure. That's what we're talking about here. Um, electromagnetic trauma, essentially electrosmog, 
Um, you know, some people actually have had struck by lightning and became electrically sensitive afterwards or had an electrocution where they accidentally uh, were shocked. Um, but generally, for most people, it's just prolonged exposure by devices too close to them. And then, you know, if you have uh, concomitant biological trauma like underlying infections, mold exposure, bacterial viral infections, parasites, and so on, you know, or compromised immune system through environmental stresses or um, underlying infections and so on, or even have metal implants, you know, doctors give you a, a new hip or something, and if it's metal, of course, that conducts electrical forces or electrical fields easier through the body, but root canals um, and metal in the mouth can affect the acupuncture meridians directly, and so that can be an underlying cause for some people. And many people are just so stressed that affects the limbic system, uh, the fight-or-flight response, the uh, sympathetic nervous system. So you can see the people who eventually succumb to these things, they have these kind of issues, and, and they're considered, because doctors aren't educated uh, about this, uh, to be, you know, like malingerers or psychological. Well, it's not. It's a real issue, but it's hard to measure with standard uh, tests, although um, in, in France now, uh, different people are studying the perfusion or the uh, blood flow to the brain, and they show directly people who are electrically hypersensitive have to reduce blood flow to the brain. They have uh, various um, chemical markers to show that they're under stress and so on. So we are starting to get this data, and if you're interested in that, this uh, EMF Conference 2020 one where I'll be giving a lecture about energy medicine, but there'll be many other doctors discussing this. You know, this is becoming an educational problem for doctors because we do need to educate the doctors. This is real. And the majority of people weren't trained about this in medical school. I certainly wasn't. I wasn't either. But, you know, not only 5G towers are concerned, but I understand on each 5G tower there's also 4G and 3G. So whatever risk we had from those is compounded and added to the 5G. Now, also the body's, uh, you know, primarily water. So isn't that going to affect uh, how EMFs and uh, these waves affect us? Yes, I'm glad you bring that up because that, that's a key principle. We're 99% water molecules by the number of molecules. It's basically we're water being by, of course, weight or volume. We might be two-thirds water. But uh, this water in your cells is very what's called structured water or coherent water, meaning they're all the water molecules vibrate together, uh, kind of like soldiers walking in lockstep. And you may have heard in, in the past when soldiers walked over a bridge in uh, somewhere, I think in Washington State, you know, uh, by walking at a certain uh, rhythm, they directly created a interaction with the sympathetic resonance of the bridge, the mechanical resonance, and the bridge collapsed. Similar things uh, when you have things in lockstep or in, in resonance, it creates communication between the water molecules in the cell. And as a result of that, and this is a natural process, you know, coherent water is about 28% of your cellular water, the water in your cells. Um, 
And, and this roughly third of the water molecules make you extremely sensitive to picking up electromagnetic fields because uh, this is a quantum process that happens at a quantum physical level. And water molecules are very simple, you know, two hydrogen and an oxygen atom. So they can create their cellular resonance and make us at the cellular level, very, very sensitive to electromagnetic radiation. As a result of that, getting the right frequencies and getting the right power levels into the body is very, very important for our long-term health. We grew up with no electromagnetic radiation in the evolution of humanity except what is uh, the resonance between the ionosphere and the earth, what's called a cavity or Schumann resonance. It it's, uh, operates where your brain waves operate you know, about eight cycles, 14 cycles, uh, and, and so forth, up to about 30 cycles a second. These are what's called magnetic cavity resonances, and we entrain to that. We, we are resonate to the cosmos, to the Earth's environment. When you disturb uh, that natural environment that we all grew up in and the magnetic field of the Earth that we all live on, and we, we have magnetic sensors in our body that can pick that up, when you disturb that with electromagnetic radiation, then uh, eventually everything uh, starts to be a little bit more difficult. There is a, an imbalance of, of this coherence effect that creates real real problem. And, and the more the radiation from different devices operating at different frequencies uh, with different power levels and now with the 4G and 5G having beam forming so they track you essentially like laser beams, all of that is invisible to the eyes, but energetically we can measure that. That is going to really cause a long-term oxidative stress, a long-term imbalance, and this is exactly what we see now with uh, neurodegeneration. You know, the the problem now is that uh, this this issue is becoming much, much more more common. Like, for example, in the paper by Pritchard put out in 2015, you know, he's Colin Pritchard from Bournemouth University, he showed that the increase in women of neurological deaths, um, you know, these are uh, deaths from Alzheimer's and from uh, uh, Parkinsonism and, and for other neurodegenerative uh, things. This has, uh, this includes bipolar disorder, depressive disorder, you know, panic disorder, and so on, which is what we're seeing a lot in young people who use these devices a lot, chronic fatigue syndrome and so on. The increase in that in women has gone up 563%, so it's five to six times more of these diseases are coming, or what women are dying from, between 1989, when we didn't have cell towers, and 2010. And this is just of a 20-year period then. It's even much, much higher now. And what I'm really concerned about is, is young people, you know, who are really being affected uh, by this because um, what we see in, in this country is that about three-quarters of all children have cell phones, okay, and they use them a lot. And, and we know if you look at the latest movie put out by Silicon Valley Insiders, actually called The Social Dilemma on Netflix, you can see how the algorithms make people very, very addictive. You know, they increase dopamine and, and they increase uh, something that 
gives reward, uh, rewarding behavior. So we, we see now, uh, there's a study ongoing on this iGen generation. The average teenager spends four and a half hours on their phones checking their social media typically every 15 minutes. And what we see in terms of pediatric suicide, um, They've doubled between 2007 and 2015. You know, this, this are statistics that we see. We see that Americans over 18 spend more time now on mobile devices than on TV. That, that uh, ratio went up in, uh, towards uh, mobile devices last year. Uh, you could look at the work of Dr. Nicholas Carderas, C-A-R-D-A-N, R-A-S-Carderas.com. He's a tech addiction specialist. I've presented with him on, uh, at a conference at the Commonwealth Club, and he basically says these video games here increase dopamine as much as sex does, you know, 100% increase in dopamine. Uh, so people are addicted, tech addicted to this, and so... We do have a problem, and when we look at then the kind of brain tumors, which are more common in children, by the way, than in adults, you know, not that it's very high, but when you look at the areas where you have exposure, like on the temporal lobe and the frontal lobe, that's, uh, instead of looking at the whole brain, that's where you see these kind of tumors showing up, and that's where people hold their devices next to their head. So, you know, we, we also see increase in thyroid cancers, we're seeing increase in pituitary cancers. You know, we have to look at all this data together and reevaluate are our exposure standards too high, and can we operate these devices at much lower power levels and the answer is we can and still get good communication but this this is an engineering problem and a physics problem well and uh, a medical problem uh, on this show we had dr lustig mention how uh the, the cell phones are de- you know all these things are designed so to increase the dopamine and the addiction potential but given mm-hmm. that um, cell phone, EMF, etc., they open up the blood-brain barrier, they open up the gut barrier, they interfere with intercellular communication, they resonate, 5G will resonate at the frequency of our uh, DNA even. I mean, so my theory is that this exposure, as well as exposure to other toxins such as glyphosate, the stuff people put on their face and in their mouth, will decrease mm-hmm. our unity and make us much more susceptible to this virus going on and what i don't understand is they seem to be very busy censoring information and how we can be healthy such as their censor youtube ceo wanted to censor anything on vitamin c and curcumin my film the big secret was censored that you know if we could just build our immunity up which will include healthy steps and avoiding toxins yet this is being censored uh, also, to reaffirm what you said, as I said, that Hardell in Sweden's done studies on cordless phones and cell phones and the association with acoustic neuromas and the very deadly glioblastomas. An American toxicology study in our own country said that there is association with glioblastomas in the brain and heart swanomas. Have you heard of these studies, folks? Well, I, I certainly have, you know, and and uh, this was also replicated in Italy 
you know, the Ramazzini study. Uh, and we do have a problem with non-thermal radiation, absolutely. We have a problem with Wi-Fi. If people just turn off at least the Wi-Fi at night when they slept, they might at least give their body a chance to recover at night. And once the body opens up these barrier systems, the brain, the lungs, and the gut, as you mentioned, also the three major barrier systems, then um, you start to have a vicious cycle start to develop because there's a lot of inflammation develops. And this inflammation, once it's turned on through NF-kappa B, uh, then it just continues. And so we need to basically put out the fire, quench the uh, inflammation, we need to look at people's vitamin D levels, for example, which, um, you know, is so low, especially in the wintertime. Uh, and uh, that helps in uh, decrease respiratory infections. There's a lot of studies to show that, and even in our the current... Uh, uh, epidemic that or pandemic, you know, there there's a lot of questions I have all of it, but certainly nobody's talking traditionally about how to boost the immune system ex- except you on the air and perhaps uh, other more integrative doctors. And this is very important that we we raise our immunity. Uh, there are so many good ways, and um, certainly uh, being outside and exercising and reducing your stress and so on is all very very important in all of that, um, getting the proper nutrition and using medicinal mushrooms that are so long used in, in Chinese medicine and other places. All of these help your immunity. And um, uh, what I wanted to tell people is, you know, like if you are considering uh, upgrading to a 5G smartphone, I would not do that right now. I, you know, 4G is, is more than enough uh, for most people. Um, you know, don't carry the cell phone next to your body or on your body, you know, and certainly turn them off at night. Not like kids who sleep with them under their pillows. Very, very dangerous. Um, you know, cordless phones are just like cell phones. Use corded phones, you know. Uh, baby monitors that are using wireless radiation. Don't do anything for the baby at all. They just assure something that the parents aren't so frightened, but, you know, the baby's exposed to wireless radiation, and they should at least check what the levels are or use other types of things. We did quite well until all this technology come in. And as I mentioned, you know, we know there's 136 studies showing how Wi-Fi is affecting health effects, including all these things I talked about, DNA damage, uh, inflammation, effects on the blood. Uh, The blood basically gets sticky when it's exposed to uh, electromagnetic radiation so that your red blood cells line up like stacks of coin, uh, which is called rouleau formation. And, you know, 10 minutes in the sun, and you can break that up. But if people work inside, as they do so much now, and don't get into the sun and uh, don't take breaks to let their blood flow again, then after a while you don't deliver good oxygen to your tissues and you get really tight muscles and on and on. So we have a a real problem today. And then the whole issue about smart meters, you know, we have studies now coming out to show, for example, in um, Australia and so on, they they did a study, came out 2003, that uh, people 
who had increased problems with uh, insomnia or ringing in the ears uh, or difficulty concentrating or headaches, memory problems, you know, they suddenly appeared after the meter was installed. And, uh, you know, not everybody is sensitive. As I said, maybe the uh, electrically hypersensitive people might be, uh, you know, less than 10% of the population. In early studies, there was about 3% of California's population, but that's still over a million people, and many of them haven't even heard of these problems. So we do need to educate them. That's why it's important to come to these conferences, and uh, everybody's invited, not just doctors, to attend. This is a virtual conference um, where we've all recorded our talks. Um, and please, you know, consider at least spreading the word and letting people know about uh, EMF Conference 2021. There's been a lot of planning going on to educate doctors and the public about what you can do. So if you have a choice, like we do in our house, we replace the smart meter with the older-style analog meter. It puts out no pulsing radiation at all, which we can measure. That's easy to measure because it's... Um, just below one gigahertz, so but it comes in bursts. But when you're part of a neighborhood, it's connected to a network called the local mesh, mesh network, and that means your neighbors to utility use and and everybody in your in your neighborhood sends their signals to each other. So you're basically blanketing an area with low level radiation in a pulsing manner intermittently. So this this is a problem, you know, that we 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 are all living in now. And the more they add, the more people don't know why they're suddenly feeling sicker or having more and more weaknesses in their barrier system, like the blood brain barrier. Um, they don't understand that the mitochondria that produce energy in their cells, they're like the little power plants in your cells. They have to work well, and as we get older, there's more uh, mitochondrial damage. Uh, and so the most common complaint, you know, most doctors see is I'm fatigued, I can't sleep well, I can't concentrate. You know, it's as if suddenly somebody is turned on a switch and they're aging prematurely or more. As I mentioned, this neurodegeneration is becoming very common. And, um, you know, scientists have spoken up about this. They've basically said, look, in, enough is enough. We, we have to really study this um, before we just allow this to be rolled out. But nobody's paying attention, you know, because these 5G antennas are now being put on telephone poles. They're hidden in light poles, um, et cetera. You know, they continue to be a real um, locally cloaked device, like many cell towers are cloaked behind pine trees and other things, so you don't even know, you know, because if people saw them everywhere and understand what they were looking at, they might feel, okay, this is not good. I don't want to have this happening. It's affecting our bee population. Uh, bees leave their hives. If you put a router next to it, a beehive and so on, you know, animals and insects are very sensitive to these radiations as well. It isn't just humans. Well, uh, it seems that scientists are being censored massively lately. Anybody speaking out about 
different treatments for COVID seem to be censored very quickly by the thought police. But I'd also like to mention another way to protect yourself is don't use a cell phone in a car, a moving vehicle, a plane, a train, because your head is the antenna and the signal varies as you're going from one cell tower to another. Also, Beverly Rubric has done studies where you can see that the blood cells, when they're exposed, just a, a cell phone like, you know, at your feet will change your blood uh, cells so they get sticky, rouleau, and they can't flow through your body. Elizabeth Plurd had discussed that when she went to Africa, every you know, the health of people deteriorated rapidly when the cell towers were put in. And I interviewed farmers in Switzerland that all of a sudden they got very sick and they couldn't understand what was going on. They got very, very ill. They attributed it to the cell tower. And then there was somebody, Dr. Ibrahim, that did some biogeometry and everybody got well. But anyway, so uh, there is an effect, even though the deniers are out there and the censors will probably be censoring this information as well. So what, uh, what can we do to protect ourselves from 5G? Obviously, distance is our friend, trying to get good sleep, turning things off at night. People have a lot of gadgets that neutralize the waves and stuff. Do any of those work? Well, you know, again, there that is oftentimes when you bring certain ceramic products or imprinted products on your phone, it doesn't really affect the functionality of your cell phone. But what it can do is change the coherent vibration. Now, coherence is when everything works in phase. You know, like I was mentioning earlier, soldiers walking in lockstep are in phase, and similarly laser beams. You can have very little power, but have it shoot in a narrow beam over long distances. They're coherent radiation. Well, your cell phone also is coherent radiation, and it's polarized. It's polarized in a certain direction. So uh, what what these devices typically do, if they work well, and they don't all work well, but some do, they basically create more incoherent radiation, more like the light that comes of a light bulb, where you know, the, the rays go in all different directions and they're not in phase like a laser beam is. So by breaking up the radiation a little bit, making it more incoherent, it's not as negatively affecting the energy field around the body or what we call the biofield, the energy field. We are actually sensitive to that. So that's kind of how they work. But for 5G, you know, there aren't any enough studies at all. You already mentioned, you know, the active denial system that the military has. Well, that works at 96 gigahertz, you know, and at that, uh, it's very small millimeter radiation that, that interacts with your sweat glands, and that's a pretty high-powered beam. Um, when you direct that in a place, it's used for crowd control to basically do a, a, a non-lethal disbursement of people because they feel like their skin is on fire. But it shows the principle more than one should not say that 5G does that because people don't feel that, although many people have reported if they put a phone next to that, after a while they feel really, uh, you know, like their skin gets red or they start feeling itchy or have other things. So those are just early signs that there is radiation going into into their head. But what can you do to protect yourself? Well, don't upgrade to 5G just because you can download a movie in two seconds or whatever or use it for driverless cars. That's what they're promising you with, you know, less 
uh, a better connection, less latency, you know, doing everything instantly. It's, it's sort of instant gratification. Well, now we're seeing that this is causing oxidative stress and potentially disrupting gene repair and other things that affect the heat shock proteins, which are early warning uh, molecules in our cells that say, look, I'm under attack. You know, we, we have a whole new way to start looking at this if the industry would be interested. But the industry is interested in selling more devices and putting up more towers and capturing more market share. So this this is a, a, a huge, huge thing that is very hard to compete against. You know, when we start looking at what's basically being planned here, and, and th- this is a, a very uh, targeted thing, there is going to be a, a huge increase in uh, in these devices because this is the largest technology rollout you know that's happened for a while and everybody is being told to go to 5g just like everybody's being told to take the vaccine and so on that also hasn't been studied in my opinion long enough but you know that's a whole different topic I just want to concentrate on the electromagnetics here and saying this is a factor that creates huge stress on your body and for many people it's very damaging for those who are electrically hypersensitive it makes it impossible to have life as they've known it and those people have to shield themselves I need to cut in here Mm -hmm. because we're short of time there are some new devices that say they protect from 5G one of them is called Key and another is SOMIC. I don't know if they're valid, but we have like about 40 seconds left. So any final uh, words, but I would like to encourage everybody to look up emfconference2021.com so you can learn more and hear about energy medicine. But any final words for us? Well, I'm really grateful that that you asked me to come on, and I hope uh, lots of people will start looking at this data. I think we are having a real challenge not having done enough scientific studies on this new 5G, and I just recommend people avoid uh, being in this radiation 24-7 so that your body can recover and heal, and, and please continue to listen to these kind of positive suggestions. Well, you can't avoid the 5G. It's going to be everywhere, so I don't know how we're going to do that. So it's important we build up our immunity. And people are developing, like it's key technology and SOMIC. I don't know if they work. They claim to work. They've done studies, and they've done studies on its effect on water. Anyway, we're coming down to a close here, so I want to encourage you all to do your own research. Go to the conference, emfconference2021.com. Get information. Share it. Check with your physician and share the information with him so we can help each other. And above all, be well. Thank you for listening. Occupy Health with Dr. Susan Downs can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Here's to better health for you this week. We